You're listening to Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technologically advanced silhouette decoy on the market. First Light, the best hunting gear on the planet. Go farther, stay longer. And Ducklander Calls, tradition, education, and quality. Built to hunt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430 podcast. This is episode 166. So tonight, you've got to deal with just me as the host. Um, Damien's sick, and the other guys have a little bit of stuff going on. So, yeah, sorry about that. Good news is we have Natasha calling here. Um, Natasha actually grew up in the same town that I did. Believe it or not, we are both from Ripley, Ontario. <laughs> so big difference, though. Natasha does a lot of photography work, and you've actually seen some of her pictures on Cabela's site there, like the Instagram for sure. But I just wanted to go through everything with you. Like, tell me, Natasha, tell me a little bit about yourself to start. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Ripley, um, wasn't a really big hunter growing up, but kind of got into it with photography and wanted to, um, explore it more. So got my hunting license and yeah, just kind of took off, um, started doing, uh, hunting photography and then, um, kind of getting a little bit of notice lately. So that's kind of exciting. So um, but not just with hunting photos. Um, uh, Geographic Canadian Geographic has just um, been interested in one of my photos for their 2025 calendar. So yeah, that's pretty good. So, what came first, photography or hunting? Photography. Photography came uh, first. Yeah. So I was. I did a lot of photography and then um, I started doing a lot of wildlife like owls and um, geese and ducks and stuff like that. And then it kind of branched out from there. Yeah. And you decided to get into hunting to kind of explore that more or was that kind of like you met someone and they were hunting or, or how no, did that actually, all come out? Actually, um, so my stepdad has a wild goose chase outfitters. Um, so I kind of, he hunted and, and fished his whole life. So I fished forever, but, um, when we were fishing, I just said, I kind of wanted to get my hunting license and he said, well, I have to renew mine. So I'll go with you and do the course. Cause he just let it go. And then it kind of started that we both did that. And then, um, he started wild goose chase outfitters. And then I just started doing photography for him so that he could get some, um, publicly so that he could, you know, expand his business. And then, um, yeah, I just started taking photos for him and then he would post them and I'd post them and then people were starting to really like them. So I, um, just kept posting and yeah, it's kind of branched off from there, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. And you could tell you've got a, a number of different photography businesses. Like you've got your outdoors women photography. Yeah. And then and then you have um photos by Nat. Is that uh yeah, that? reflections photography. Re I don't really post too much of the hunting and fishing on there because I have in the past and people kind of get a little they don't like to see dead animals. No. But so um I started the outdoors woman photography so that I could just post hunting and fishing and wildlife on there. Yeah. Now I don't know how to say this right, but I find with your, you've got a softer touch with the way that you take your photos. Like if you look at, you know, like, like Phil, that's on the show with me all the time, he takes like a raw, like a hard photo of like just a dog charging hard, but you're taking that photo of the dog in its natural pose. Like how did you develop your own style to do all that with the photography? Uh, it kind of just came naturally. So it's actually funny that you say that. So one of the guys, Greg White, who um, helps my stepdad with the um, outfitters, uh, he's I they've been hunting for like a couple months and I couldn't go out because I was busy on weekends with 
photography doing photo shoots so I finally got out to take some photos and he was like I really like that you don't stage anything like you just let it happen like you don't um because he said he hates his photo taken so then he's like I just like that you capture it in the moment you don't just say like hey hold the bird here or make the dog do this um so he really liked that so it kind of just comes naturally in that way I rather people be um like a candid shot than a post shot so I just took one recently and um our clients were in the blind and they're all looking up at the sky and they're watching like the bird fall and all of them have smiles on their faces but it was just that moment I didn't really care that the goose was falling but it was the fact that I captured what their faces look like so yeah. I really enjoyed that yeah and you're you're capturing like the dog just sticking his head out of the corn I think I saw that picture there oh, last yeah. year like that was just such a such a great picture and if, if you guys are wondering about these pictures you can go to the uh, outdoors women photography um instagram page is it on facebook as well no just instagram just, just instagram so if you go to the instagram outdoors women photography take a look at some of these photos and tell me they're not done with just a little bit of different edge than most guys would have and like the thing that natasha's talking about with like the posing um you could tell with some of my first pictures that I was trying to take, cause I'm trying to learn this photography game too. You could see like, Oh, Hey, Eugene, you know, hold the call, like you're pretending to call, but turn it so that I can see the logo on it. And, and you can tell when a guy's actually calling and when he's posing and it's, it, it kind of, I'm trying to reflect that more the way that Natasha's doing it. And it's just something to develop and get into. Right. So yeah. Do you have any suggestions for people trying to get into this people so my, like me that suck at taking photography photos <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite thing is when the guys fool around with the decoys like when they go out and they're just like oh they got to move a decoy or they can't sit still so and it's just like I have a photo of um, my stepdad and the dog and it actually was in the Ducks Unlimited um calendar this year yeah. and or maybe it's next year this year <laughs> and um so it's just him and he's collecting all the decoys with the dog um because that dog just is by his side all the time and he's looking up at the sky because we had already got our limit so he's watching the ducks but he didn't like I didn't pose that that was just him in the water doing that um, so I love when like people will fool around with the decoys or like if we're doing a field hunt and uh, there's a goose decoy that gets knocked down from one of the dogs. Um, I like it when they like go and pick it up and then I'll get that shot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, um, I like candid and I like just capturing people in the moment. The hardest one for me though is like when you're in the blind and you're trying to get a picture of them shooting, um, that's, I got to work on that. But I do really like the shots of like the guys with the smile, like that photo right now is like my favorite one I've taken this year um, because they all were smiling and they're all watching the bird come, like come flying down. And yeah, I really like that photo. Now, is that the one where there's three guys and it looks like two of them are kind of looking over at, at a bird and then it looks like the other guy's kind of looking down at them laughing. Is that what's going on there? Like, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just such a great, a lot of these people are taking like staged photos and stuff like you were saying, but then you've got this moment captured in time that we don't have any, we don't have, Sorry, my dog's just going nuts. We don't have okay. any like uh, idea of what's going on outside of the blind. We just see three guys in the blind. For all we know, they're laughing at the pizza guy showing up, bringing them lunch. But yeah, you know, <laughs> we it, had that too. <laughs> yeah, right. So it, it's kind of yeah. neat to see, and you can make your own story with the picture. The picture's telling a story that you know, but to everyone else, it's whatever story they want, and that's just such a beautiful thing that you can do, right? Yeah, and the guys always bug me like well why aren't you shooting today or why aren't you but to be honest I if I would have been shooting I wouldn't have captured that moment and like that moment for those guys because they're paying attention to the birds they're paying attention to what's happening they're not sitting there being the photographer right yeah. so I kind of like 
I mean, obviously I like shooting too, but I rather have the camera in my hands so that we have those moments that they can look back at and be like, oh yeah, that was when we went hunting and this happened. Yeah. So. Exactly. Now, one of the big humbling things was the first time you and I met was you came by to pick up some DU <laughs> calendars and you're like, I'm like, oh, well, what camera are you using? You're like, oh, the Canon 60. And I'm like, yeah. well, shit, your pictures are like 400,000 times better than mine. And I got the same camera. And then you you upgrade your camera like a couple weeks later and you're posting like the exact same gear that I have. And I'm like, okay, it's not that I have shitty gear. It's that I'm no, just a shitty photographer. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. But, but if you even if you like were to buy a camera body, your glass is more important than the body. So pay the little extra and said like your kit lenses that you get with the camera aren't, aren't the best, but I mean, they still work, but if you can spend a little bit more and get like, if you were with Canon and got, um, I don't know what the mirrorless is now, but when I had Canon, it was the L series lenses. And those are the lenses that you'd want. I've switched now and I'm all Sony. And, um, I absolutely love it. And I'm on mirrorless and, um, yeah, I love, um, the camera that I use, I use the Sony, uh, a seven four and I use most lens for hunting would be a 70 to 200. Um, but if I'm going to take photos like of the guys, like in the blind, um, it's usually a 35 prime lens that I like. Um, but those, that would be like the lenses that I use the most. My 70 to 200 usually never leaves my, um, camera. So. Okay. Now a big question, how do you get your camera to the field without it getting damaged? Actually, first things first, <laughs> you gave a good tip there with which lenses to use. I'm going to give the big tip that I learned last week. I got home from a hunt and we were hunting the marsh and I was like, oh shit, I think I scratched my camera lens. Big tip, boys and girls, Easy. buy a UV filter because that that's like a freaking under 50 bucks cheap thing. If it gets scratched, you unscrew it, put another one on and you're good. Yes. Don't screw your, don't screw up your really good lenses. So I learned that one recently. But. Yes. Yes. Uh, UV lens is great, especially if you're shooting directly into a, like the sun. Um, you want a UV lens. Um, but yes, UV lens is like the best because you never know. A guy could be shooting and the shell comes out and hits your lens or whatever. Right. Um, I usually have my lens hood on. Um, but if depending on the way the light is, if the light um, if it's too dark, I don't use the lens hood, uh, but always, yeah, always have a UV mm -hmm. filter. That's yeah. Very good tip. Yeah. Now. So what I take for gear to the blind for like a case, um, I actually have a backpack, um, that I strictly just use for hunting. Um, I do have like a good, a hard case. I can't remember the brand of it, but, um, it looks like a suitcase on wheels. Um, and they're made in Canada and I absolutely love it. I would like to get like a smaller one for the blind. Um, but other than that, I, the backpack is like the best thing because you can fit so much in it. Yeah. Um, and then the, I have like, um, it almost looks like a plastic bag that goes over it if it's raining or something, but, um, that's basically what I use for my gear to the blind. Yeah. And I was just about to ask, like, do you have a waterproof bag at all? Like the, I was thinking about getting one of those Yeti full waterproof bags. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I see you guys do a lot of water hunts and I, I hunt the marsh most of the time. So I was like, oh man, if, if this bag ever drops in the water, I am done. My wife is going to be pissed. Yeah. So no. What about photography with an iPhone? Cause a lot of people are like, oh man, I can't take these great pictures. I don't have a, I don't have a good camera, but some of these new iPhones and stuff, like they're, they're getting pretty good technology in their cameras. Are they not? Uh, yeah. So I think, um, even if you don't have like a good camera, whatever you can use is going to still be good for the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, um, there'll be moments that I can't use the camera or I didn't pick it up fast enough. And I had my phone in my hand or whatever. I will use the iPhone. 
um iphone's really good for video so that's kind of nice because the birds don't see it as much as they would a big lens so my big lens that i have i also have a 200 to 600 and it's completely camo wrapped so that the birds don't see it because sony's lenses are white so mm. you see it all like you can see it from a mile away and like geese and stuff they see everything so yeah it's kind of like my head like, when when i look up into the sky it's like a big pie plate for them all to see right like, <laughs> so. we have a couple guys that hunt with us that you're like you need a hat on <laughs> yeah yeah i can't grow facial hair so it's like this is this is what you get at all times like the the big fucking pie plate baby face going on so but, yeah but it's amazing what they can see yeah a hundred percent these and you do a pile of hunting like i'm yeah and it's not like you know some people you see they they get four or five birds and then they're driving around location to location for fields that they have setting up just to take photos like you guys are actually out there you put the miles in every year is that are you going out with your father-in-law all the time hunting? Like he, he seems to hunt quite a bit with that wild goose chase. Yeah. So yeah, my stepdad, Dennis. So I, um, stepdad, sometimes sorry. that's okay. Sometimes I have to go, um, out with them or I'll ask like questions about like what I'm looking for. Um, but most of the time he will scout on his way home from work. So then he checks out the fields or he'll ask, like, we have a, we have a really good group here that like come out with us, um, Dakota and Tim, and they're great for helping. Mm -hmm. And so they'll scout too. So there's a couple of us that keep an eye or if I'm off to work and I see birds in the field, I'll be like, Hey, birds are in this field or something like that. Um, so we all really do pitch in and we all, um, you know, do our part with scouting. Now I'm usually the one when we get to the field, if it's a 4 a.m. thing, I sleep in the truck until everything's unloaded. <laughs> it <laughs> because... happens, right? <laughs> yeah. But you do all the cleanup though. That's probably what happens. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But yeah. most of the time if we have clients, like um, they'll take the birds home, um, like a, what their limit home, and then we'll take our birds that we need to take home for our limits so yeah we um we all uh kind of pitch in I mean I'd rather clean a goose because you just well we just take the breast um I'd rather take the breast out than do a deer oh yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. and and you guys you mentioned that you have a good group of guys for your goose crew right like yeah it, it looks like you guys go out for dinners and you're and you're basically it looks like almost a family it is. Yeah, it is. Um, we have, and we have a lot of clients that come every year and sometimes they come twice. Um, and it's kind of nice because then they bring someone and then we meet those people and, you know, you you build, like you said, it is like family. Like it's totally like family. Um, I know like last weekend we had a group come up from uh, Niagara Falls. Uh, so my stepdad donated a hunt to this group of, uh, I don't know what the group was, but it was like, um, kind of like hunters. And so those guys bid it on, um, this gift card for a free hunt. And so that money went towards their hunting group. And so they came down from Niagara Falls and we knew the one guy, um, that, um was organized this and it he was like we had so much fun and now they want to come back again in december and bring a whole bunch of other guys so it's just builds and builds and it's so nice because like we knew the original guy that asked for the gift like asked if we would donate a hunt and then he brought friends with him and so then we got to meet those guys and now we're going to meet more in december so yeah it does it is a family yeah it and that's as you mentioned it there like you guys are very open to bringing more people in like yeah. um i mentioned to you this year that i signed up for that uh ducks unlimited duck run thing and and i don't know how to run and you're like oh well we're doing it in waiters if you want to join us <laughs> and i was like shit then i can go slow and it doesn't have to be embarrassing for me right so yeah well that's but what we're gonna do we're gonna do that next year we're gonna have like the whole group of us and um, we're going to do like, I'm going to video it and um, everyone's going to do the, because a couple of them were a little late to the party about doing it. 
so yeah we're gonna and we'll probably do it in waders just just for some fun yeah well count me in for that because all right <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good reason so yeah now how did this goose group come together like we see we see a lot of other groups that you know just over the over the years they get together or some of them are they grew up went to high school together um you're from you're from ripley but you're in godrich like are these yeah. guys all from godrich as well or yeah so uh actually it's funny because um our neighbor he's a mechanic and he said this guy dakota wants to hunt and so uh we invited dakota out for a hunt and now dakota is like full-time working with my stepdad and it kind of that's just how it started like he scouts for him he helps him out and then um if he can't come out like you know we have tim who also scouts and helps us and he works with um my stepdad dennis so yeah we're all kind of local um dakota only lives like a block away so that's kind of nice and then tim just lives outside of town so yeah, that's kind of how it all came apart. It was just knowing someone and then word of mouth and yeah. yeah. And and having more and more people kind of helps with the scouting, right? Like if everyone puts in the time and the hours and just like you said, like he driving to and from work. Well, if you have four or five people and they're all looking when they're driving to and from work, you cover a lot of ground, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Now, do you guys use any like do you use Onyx or iHunter or any of that stuff to like to send each other like hey it's this field or is it just Google Maps or or um use... I have iHunt um but they don't use that it's um we kind of know the area and we know like what field is whose and so we'll be like oh you know it's in this field or something like that or we're at this pond and um we kind of do it that way but a lot of it is Google google maps um we definitely use that a lot yeah and wild goose chase is out of goddard right yeah okay so if people yeah. wanted to get in touch and get a hunt in in that area contact wild goose chase outfitters and that's where they go i just want to make sure that we get that before i forget yeah. right so no worries yeah, yeah. so back to yeah. photography you're you've been in the ducks unlimited calendar a few times now haven't you uh yeah i think four or five four or five times and yeah it's only ran like six or seven times hasn't it like you're in there quite so. a bit so yeah how do you ensure that you have a good shot for that like um some advice that i was given for building my turkey calls and duck calls is always have your best call put it to the side and that's your competition call and keep making new ones and if you have one that you think beats that one swap it out but the best one you never show until it's time to compete and ah, that's you, good advice do you kind of do that with your photography like have that one photo that's like oh man I, that's a wicked photo for a competition or, or for a or do you put it out there to get people looking at it so kind of but with photography everybody has a different taste right like um it's hard like somebody might like a photo of a sunflower and someone might like a photo of a duck right so I always ask people because what I like is different from someone else. So when it came to Ducks Unlimited calendar, I had four photos that I liked. And then um, I had asked uh, some friends and family which ones they liked. And so then I was like, all right, um, I think I could submit two photos. So I sent in two and then he picked or whoever picked it um like a ducks unlimited i was expecting them to pick a different one than the one that they put in there so the one year i sent in a duck and then in a dog's mouth and then the and that same year i sent in a fox a mother fox and a baby fox um like kind of like licking its face and that's the one they put in and i would have thought because it's ducks unlimited that they would have put the dog with the duck yeah. So I think with photography, it's always um, everyone has different tastes. So you really don't know which one's going to win. And, and is that the same with how you went for the National Geographic or did they notice your photo first? So they noticed my photo. I didn't send anything in um, with Canadian. All of a sudden I got an email and I actually thought the email was fake um, because there's so much junk email. So you never 
really know what's real anymore and what's not. So then I was kind of reading more to the bottom and then they sent me another email and then, um, I was like, okay, it's not fake. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that photo was of the hoodoos in Alberta at the Badlands, um, in drum Heller. And it would not have been a photo at all that I thought would have won. Yeah. yeah. Like not at all. I thought like the mountains, like, you know, something like I had some really cool photos from like Louise and stuff like that. So I thought those would have been, yeah. um, more but yeah it's interesting to see what catches people's eyes yeah and, and you never know what that's going to be but yeah and, and like you said these freaking scammers that are out there now those cocksuckers are getting crafty yeah uh, so you never know what's real now and what's not no and those uh those little bastards they started this new scam on kijiji where they're we were trying to sell a car and they'll send you like five or six emails about Oh yeah, my son needs a car for school, blah, blah, blah. This is perfect. And then they'll be like, I need the car fax. And they'll send you a fake friggin' uh like a, a website, a link. Oh. And you'll open it up and you'll go to like put in the payment to do the car fax for them. And they got your credit card and you're screwed. Like dude, those little freaking bastards that are doing oh my this gosh. stuff. They need a kick in the teeth, every fucking one of them. But anyway, we went out on a tangent there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tell me the story of that uh, spec you got there on the wall. Um, so I wasn't there for that hunt. No. Um, but I was there for the cleanup because they wanted photos of it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know exactly the whole story of it, but um, I guess for around here, it's kind of like a once in a lifetime bird. Um, so I, yeah, so we got it mounted. I think the gentleman in Orangeville did it. Yep. And uh, it's beautiful. He did an amazing job. Um, but yeah, it was. Wildlife artist. Is that the name? Um, I'm not too sure who it was, but I, I think he actually came up for a hunt not long ago, but I couldn't go for that hunt. So anyone that's driven from Kincardine, Ripley, Lucknow area to orangeville and gone into orangeville you can you know who she's talking about because he perfectly parks his trailer right in the driveway so you can see it when you drive by every time oh, i drive really? by i'm like oh there there's the taxidermy guy oh so, that's funny yeah now when it comes to your photography one of the things that i had so we recently did a, a ladies camp and yeah the first things first, I was like, okay, well, no one's taking pictures. I'll take all the pictures. And then I kind of felt like a creep standing there with my <laughs> camera the whole time for a women's camp. But that's beside the point. The big thing that I learned a lot about was taking photos in a cornfield. Yeah. Like, it blew my mind how I had to go to manual focus because the autofocus would get just the blowing of the corn would kind of screw everything up. And you get just a little bit of blurring on the face and stuff like do you have any tips for someone stupid like me? Like, <laughs> no, we'll always have tips, but, um, cornfield is fun hunt to actually photograph. Uh, but like you said, it can be hard because if the corn stalks are blowing, um, the best thing is, is if you can, um, get your, where you're going to focus like that point on your camera like if you can point it to where you want it I don't know how to really explain that without showing you um but like on my camera there's like a little square and then like um I can let's say I, there was a female's face and um I could like focus right on her face and anything else that would be it like uh like if a corn stalk went kind of in front her face would still be in focus um, so I know with my camera, I can do tracking so I can like pin it on her face and it's going to always track her face. Gotcha. Um, so I really like that feature on my camera. I have to still play around with it just because I went from Canon to Sony. So that's like a whole new way to learn. Yeah. Um, but so far the Sony has been really easy to learn off of, um, that photo you talked about with Stella, our dog. Um, looking through the cornfield uh, that one actually was in like Cabela shared that one yeah and um, that was she, so our dog Stella has to see like she can if 
you put her in the blind and she can't see out like she freaks out she hates it she has to see where the birds are coming in she has to watch so that was her watching for the birds um which was really funny and she usually sees things before we do and she'll like do a little bark and um she's really smart that way so yeah. But with that photo, um, because she was sticking out further, it was easier to uh, focus on her than it would be if you were back like three rows. Yeah. Good. Now, can you give a brief description? Because there's three things that aren't going to change for cameras, right? You've got your shutter yeah. speed. Yeah. You've got your ISO. Yeah. And there's an aperture. Is it, or is yeah. that your? Yeah. Did I get them right? Yeah. See, guys, any dummy could be a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I just I actually watched a video before because I was like oh, I can't sound like an idiot coming on this show like Phil Phil couldn't make it and I was like oh those two will just geek out on camera stuff and I can learn yeah. a lot but so now I'm just kind of like okay so you got those three things can you just give a brief overview on what they are and like where to start or where what you're going to do with them or so with if you were using a Canon um you know how you have like the little dial that says like manual AV yep. and stuff. So if I were you, I would start with AV. That way you can play with still settings and you can see what you like. So you can still play with the ISO and you can still play with the aperture. So if I was to take a picture of like those guys, for instance, that three guys in the blind, I was using a prime lens. So my prime lens can go down to 1.4. So that will let so much light in to make the photo better. So if, because it was darker that day, it will actually bring in more light. Hmm. So their faces will be sharper. Um, but also with that, you can also blur out stuff as well. So most people like about 2.8. So then that way they can still um, have a blurred background and then they can focus on um, their focus point. So if it was, let's say, the dog, um, you can focus on the dog and then the corn could be still blurred out. Mm. Um, so I really like playing with, I don't like if I was on a Canon, that's what I would use. And then that way it will also open you up to be able to use manual. Because once you use manual, like everything you have to set, right? Where with AV, you can still, the computer in the camera still sets up things, but yet you still have the access to change things. So you can brighten things, you can darken things. Um, that's basically what, how I started was I played around with AV on my Canon and then I went to manual. Yeah. And aperture, the one point like the 1.8 the two point yes yeah. that was one that i was like i figured the bigger the number the more light you could let in i did too but it's the opposite you want the lower numbers right yes that... okay and yeah. and that's just basically like how open the the actual like shutter is right yeah and then your iso that's your computer generated light essentially yeah, yeah. so you want that number to be low as well because the higher that is, the more shitty computer stuff, except now we've got AI going on, which. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. You know, I heard a thing and we're going to test it right now. because I'm going to watch this video, but I heard if you say, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe, the YouTube AI actually puts a little thing on your video. Really? I, wow. Apparently YouTube has an AI now. Um, my daughter just had me read this. She plays that uh, Fortnite. Oh, the, video yeah. game, the video game Fortnite, and there's a, a new chat AI that if you say, like, certain words, it'll actually, like, ban you from chatting. But, like, Ooh. she's like, what does this mean? And I'm so I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh. So, yeah, AI's taking over. That shit's scary. So It is scary. But, yeah, anyway, the, the ISO number is actually, like, your, your computer-generated light that it adds to it, right? Yeah. And then your shutter speed is how fast that shutter goes. Yeah, so I like to have my shutter speed at a pretty high when i am taking photos with the dogs um so so, so sorry when you say I'll, pretty high do you mean yeah, like so, one over 20 or like one over 100 because uh, I, I when I, people talk about a high shutter speed i'm thinking like like is it the bottom number you want a bigger or is it just fat like that's the confusing so one like for me as well my is 
I like to try and keep it at a hundred. Um, because then everything is like nice and sharp. Now, if I was to like, when I took a photo of, um, Greg White's dog and he had the goose in his mouth with the band, I was, uh, one slash 800. So that way it was a fast, like if the dog was to come out of the water, I'd still get like the water drops and Mm -hmm. like the dog wouldn't be all blurred out. Um, he'd be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to use that. Uh, that'd probably be my go-to if I was shooting with manual. Yeah. And f- what shutter speed do you use when you're shooting a person? Like if one over um, 800 as well, or is it kind of? Yeah, it. De- I like to stay at that, but it depends too on the lighting, the day. Like most people think that you should do photos when it's beautiful and sunny, mm-hmm. and it's totally not that like i'll have people that'll book a photo shoot and then the day will come and they'll be like it's overcast i don't want photos today and i'll be like but this is your best day for photos because you can position the person anywhere yeah where if it was a really sunny day um they're squinting the sun could be in their eyes or if there's like a location that they want and it's like 11 o'clock that they have to do the photos well if the sun is not in the right spot the like it's not going to turn out very well that, but people don't understand that either. They think that the sun is the best and it's not. Yeah. And and I just learned that one too, because I was, we're looking at doing a few more YouTube videos for the channel here. And yeah. there was a guy I've been doing some research and studying. And one of the um, instructors for one of the courses I'm taking, he's like, I do not do a YouTube video between the hours of 10 and three, because yeah. I don't want that sun straight up and down. I want to be able to control where that sun is and, and basically, if it's above you, you can't control it because it's always on you. But if it's on one side or the other, you can put your back wherever you want, right? Yeah. So that that was kind of a new, I was like, what do you mean? Like, don't you want it like super bright and overhead and said everything is lit? But that was that was one of those rules that I learned that I was like, oh, it took a minute to click in. But, but once he explained it, it really made sense. And there's a few more golden rules to photography, isn't there? Like the, the third rule and the, yeah, I don't know. Leading just, lines and yeah so yeah i don't know any of them and they're probably too in depth for me to get into here but uh actually no like so leading lines um so if you are taking a photo because i know most people have seen a photo like this and you have when you're on the road someone will take a photo of let's say a person standing on the yellow line in the middle and then you obviously have the two white lines so you want to make sure that when you take that photo that the lines lead up to the girl in the middle so that you're like because your eye is going to be drawn to that or if you're taking photos of like a family you want to make sure like they always say a pyramid look so um people kind of because if you have them just in a straight line it's not going to look as good as if you had them in a bunch but then their heads were all like kind of even but different kind of like in a pyramid looking um because your eye is going to be drawn to that person right in the middle yeah because the lines will lead up to that person uh so yeah stuff like that and um i just did a photo shoot um on saturday and we used there's a really nice trestle in godridge and we used that um so i had to really watch that the lines with the trestle like the bridge was even with their heads because otherwise it would just your your eye wouldn't go towards the people it'd go to the bridge yeah so now did you take photography in school or where did you learn all this no actually so i'm completely self-taught um a lot of it has been youtube uh asking a lot of questions there's a local photographer here called Deb Johnson, and she has the most unreal wildlife photos, and she gets them out of her canoe. So I always asked her a lot of questions because we both had the same camera at the time. And so we kind of learned off each other. So uh, I was driving one day, and there was a snowy owl. And so I texted her and said, hey, there's a snowy owl at this spot. And so she went out and got photos and then she kind of does the same for me. Like if she sees something, she'll let me know. Um, so we kind of help each other out. Uh, but her photos are awesome. And she is, um, I learned a lot from her. 
Um, I did take uh, one class um, just like for the basics of photography, um, just with someone local. Um, but most of it's just been like kind of playing with my camera and just shooting. Like um, I've got a chocolate lab and a yellow lab. And so they're my models. So I can try things out on them. Like I'll dress them up so that way I can, <laughs> you know, take photos of them so I can see what settings I like for indoors and outdoors. Um, but yeah, definitely just play with the camera and yeah. uh, ask lots of questions because there's a lot of photographers out there that if you message them, they will help you out. Yeah. And and that's great. There's, there's a lot of really good photographers out there that really do want to help. Uh, yeah. We've like, you've been very helpful Phil Christian's been very helpful. Um, uh, what's it? Brian Ellathorpe down too many, too many hobbies podcast. He's been very oh. helpful. Um, there's just a lot of people out there that do want to help and, and they're not. And just like you said, like, I, I kind of regret not telling you about the two specs that were just in front of my house here last week, because I, I'm sure you probably would have shown up and like, where are they? Right. But yeah, it, it was a surprise to me. And I was like, I went from, I need to take pictures of them to, I need to scout where they're going because I need them. Right. Yeah. And, and I kind of forgot <laughs> like about the, everything. Yeah. Like that guy there. I was like, we got to go find them. And then we're, we're making plans. And then I got called into work and then I was all angry and, but it is what it is. So good point. It's I funny probably... you say that though, because there's a field that we've been watching and there's a snow goose on it. And uh, everyone like that scouts with us is all watching to see which fields that snow goose keeps going to but every single hunt he's in that field at night and then in the morning he seems to be at a different one yeah so it and that's the beauty with these birds is that you never know and it's it's different every day which is good right so yeah but any tips for aspiring females getting into the hunting industry because i'm really it's really opened my eyes doing this ladies hunt that we did there a couple two, three weeks ago, um, we're seeing the accountant for Traeger. We've got, like, I know you weren't there, but I, I should have reached out because we could have had a photographer there, but there's ladies that do taxidermy. There's ladies that do all kinds of things and hunting. And it's, it's just, it's really taking off the, the female side of the industry and they're really good hunters and really good shooters. So any tips for, you know, my daughter thinking about hunting, I take her out every now and then what would you say to someone like my daughter to get her into hunting go for it like I think it's awesome I think it's um my favorite thing is like when you're sitting like if I was turkey hunting and you're sitting there and everything's quiet when you go into the bush and then all of a sudden it's like a whole different world because it all wakes up yeah. and it's just like it's something I think everyone needs to experience uh yes there's a lot of blood and stuff like that but you really don't have to be a part of that part I mean it's nice to know how to let's say breast a goose um and learn how to do that yourself um if you ever needed to but then there's a lot of times where you don't have to one of the guys will or you know stuff like that so if, it, if you're not sure because you might have a weak stomach um I think that you should still try it and um get out there and you you get the best family and friends. Like you meet so many people, you, the things you learn, like, it's not just like everyone thinks like, Oh, you're a hunter and you just like showboat the birds or whatever, but it's not that at all. Like you get to harvest your own food. You get to see um, where the birds come from. Cause lately we've been getting quite a few bands and it's kind of neat to get a band and see like, the band we got on the weekend the bird was 15 years old and it came from none of it and it's like it's amazing to be able to track and see where that bird has come from so you get to learn about that you get to learn if it was a female a male or anything like that um so I definitely think like just get out there and try it see what what you like maybe waterfall might not be what you like but turkey hunting might be something so make sure you try it all um that's probably I think I know turkey hunting for me for a while um wasn't my favorite thing to do because every hunt like a coyote would wreck it or somebody would walk into the field but then once you actually sit there and like listen to nature and stuff it's it's worth it yeah the first time you slam that truck door and you hear 
the thunder shock gobbles out in the bush you're like okay this is yeah. this is my jam right so well we had somebody sh- uh, show up to one of my turkey hunts and um so i was sitting there my stepdad was sitting there and he was doing all the calling for me and i uh, ended up somebody drove in the field i was like there's a pickup in the other side of the field and it was a gentleman in a wheelchair and we didn't know that he was coming out that day so he was sitting there and uh tom and a drake had come out and he was calling we were calling well the birds were starting to go to him and I was like oh no so then we did like a weird little gobble and the big tom turned around and he just like came flying for our decoys and then I shot him and I was kind of you know you felt bad for the guy over there but then afterwards he stopped and talked and he was like I'm so glad you finally got one because it seemed like every hunt somebody walked out or a coyote or something came. So it was like, it was nice to finally, yeah. finally get some. And, and that's a neat part of the hunting too, is that like, that's how I met um, Sean and Ethan. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Call I met them, the callings, right? Because yeah, they hunted this, the property right beside where I was hunting. And then there was just people out, like basically people that weren't supposed to be back in that area were back there. And that's how, that's how I met them is like, do you know who these are? Nope. And they were hunting like basically the one side of the tree and I was hunting on the other. So it was kind of neat to meet them that way and, yeah. and get involved with like property management with the trespassers and all that stuff. So you meet tons of people just getting out there and being out there and, and yeah, I enjoy that part of it too. So, well, yeah, and we've had hunts where, um, two people came to the field and we were set up and they were about to set up and they didn't have another field. So we just asked them to join us. Yeah. And uh, then we got to meet those guys and then they invited us to a hunt one of their fields one time. So yeah, it's kind of nice. Cause you just like, you meet so many people yeah. and um, I find like there's lots of competition obviously, but also it's nice when something like that happens and they were hunt, they wanted to hunt, a different part of the field than us but we were already set up so we said why don't you just come join us and it was a fun day and there was like three dogs and yeah it was it was really good yeah there's i'm finding a lot of um i don't want to say infighting but i want to say that there's a lot of um, um angst with people nowadays you know like oh that's my spot and and you know what guys just just like natasha was saying there like maybe invite the people and, and hunt with them. Um, I was hunting with my buddy a few weeks ago and there was a group that they were set up completely wrong and they were, they were too far away for us to get to them to help them out. But we're watching them when we're going, man, they've got, they're basically deer hunting in a duck blind. They, the wind's wrong for them. So then they packed up and we packed up kind of at the same time. And we met at the boat ramp. And when we got to the boat ramp, they're like, oh, man, you guys had a much better hunt than us. And we're so we kind of talked to them about it and, and gave them some advice and said, you know what, man, what? add us on Facebook, add us on Instagram and let's get out next time and, and hunt together. And, and we can, you know, there were just a couple of young guys learning to hunt for the first time. So maybe more of that is something that we should get into is, is grouping up and making the hunt better that way. Right. So. Yeah, it's nice. And now, and now you've met new people and they might have a field that they invite you to or part of the water or something. Yeah. Or like grandparents with a thousand acres or something or. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but no, we are right at the one hour mark and we try to keep it at an hour. Is there anything else that you want to normally we do like a a round table, but it's just you and me and and (laughs) lucky you're here so that nobody has to stare at me the whole time. (laughs) be pretty rough for them but is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we get going um i know we talked about your the wild goose chase outfitters where to find you for your um photography is there anything else that i might have missed that i forgot to talk about do you do dog breeding uh so we um did have a litter of 11 um pups um ckc registered and actually our female um dog stella is um tony vandermore's um dog kai's um daughter so um his dog is the dad of our female so um 
really good hunting bloodlines. Um, so we might be having another litter um, either next spring or the spring after. Um, we haven't decided yet. But uh, yeah, I kept one of the pups. So I'm hoping that I'll start training them a little bit more. But yeah. um, you blow a goose collar, duck call, and that dog's like, he's on it. He's just like, he's ready for it. So it'd be yeah. nice to see him take after his mom. Yeah. And, and people are like, oh yeah, you know, dogs can't see color. They can't see this or whatever. The second I put camo on, my dog is sitting at the door. Like, let's go. Even if it's a raccoon or, hunt. What's that? Or if you have the um action with the gun and you're like, or if you just grab the gun out of the, like our dog, if you grab the keys for the gun cabinet, she goes nuts. Oh yeah. She knows that it's her, like she knows that it's time to go. So yeah. yeah. He loves it. Yeah, for for as like for as simple as they seem to be, they know what they know, and they really oh, yeah. know that stuff. And it's pretty amazing. Like, um, it's been such a great experience having a dog and training it. And and I wish you guys the best with your dog. But yeah. <laughs> like like I was saying, was there anything else that we we should have talked about? Like we talked about outdoorsman photography. I really hope that there's ladies watching, or even our next camp if we do a ladies camp next year. And I really hope that you can come out and. Sure. And do some photography for these people because these ladies deserve a lot better photographer than I can do. <laughs> I'm sure you did fine. Uh, no, no, it was, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, where do you guys do it? it it's different every year. We, we yeah. try and make a different experience. Um, we've got really good friends with fair and foul and that's out of Renfrew. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. so he does one there. It, it's a, big balancing act between we're, tr we're trying to make it as affordable as possible just to make yeah. sure that everyone has we can't we can't guarantee birds but we can guarantee a good time and that's yeah. kind of what our motto is is like we're going to give you guys the best experience possible birds are a bonus right yeah. um, so with that we try to keep all the costs down as low as possible um, this year for the ladies camp we actually had Eugene Tendine who was the um, he cooks for Trager and he came that's up cool. and did some briskets and Oh man, I think it was 20 pounds heavier when I left and <laughs> it was, yeah. And I was the retriever because I, my dog hurt itself before the trip. Oh so no. I was the retriever chasing all the birds and I'm going, my God, I better eat a lot of brisket tonight. <laughs> That's funny. So, but no, that is the one hour mark. I okay. really appreciate you coming on. I really, you know, a load of information about cameras and we just scraped the surface with some of this information and I'm glad you were here to explain it. Um, everybody, we are the Union 0430 podcast. You can find Natasha at Outdoors Women Photography on Instagram or Reflections by Nat. Is that correct? Reflections Photography by Natasha, yeah, or Nat, yeah. Yeah, uh, both on Instagram. I'm telling you, take a look at some of these pictures, compare them to some of the guys like my photos, Philly's photos, where it's got that guy's edge and you can really see the beauty in the hunting. And I think that's where, as soon as I saw it and I saw that picture of the three guys, I was like, okay, we got to get her on and talk about <laughs> photography because that's pretty amazing. So don't forget, comment, like, subscribe. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear, talk about. We appreciate you listening. Surround yourselves with good people. Catch you next time.